Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Hey everybody, Growing in Grace. This is Joel Brzezinski, Mike Kapler with me. I'm the Breeze Man and he is the Cap. We've got another fun-filled edition of Growing in Grace <laughs> to get through here. <laughs> it's a party atmosphere, it's no just, question about it. We like to party all the time around here. Now, we get serious, we joke around, it's just a casual conversation that we have here on Growing in Grace, and uh, as we get started this week, uh, we received a note from somebody via Facebook uh, not too long ago. The gist of the question, and I thought it was a really good one, talking about... Something that we had said in a former podcast about God taking his wrath out on his son instead of us. And the question was um, about that. And, and the question is, why was God angry with us if indeed he was? And so uh, we'll kind of use that uh, as a starting place on uh, what we're talking about here. You know, the Bible does talk about the wrath of God. And uh, it talks about various things that happened, why Jesus came and bore our sin and, and things like that. You know, Cap, I've shared uh, with our listening audience before about how one of the uh, turning points, a major turning point in my life, was when uh, I had been talking with you. You had been sharing things, this, you know, over 15 years ago. You'd been sharing things with me on uh, while we were up at the radio station that we used to both work at. And various little nuggets of grace that you were sharing with me from time to time, and the light went on for me one time when you said, God's not angry with you anymore. I knew it. I knew that that was true, but it, I, it hadn't ever sunk in, really. And so um, it's good to know that God's wrath and, and anger is no longer against me, but I guess we're here to discuss why and, and how this all comes together. Not that we have all the answers as we've shared in the past, but we've at least want to kind of throw some things out on the, on the table for people to think about, perhaps. Yeah, the table of which we are all sitting at. <laughs> God at the head. Yeah, we well, I love those aha moments. Those moments where you go, aha, you know, and, and you can just feel the freedom, the tension melting off of you mm -hmm. and, and experiencing the, the liberty that, that comes from things like that. Because um, at that point in your, in your life, which was quite a few years ago, just hearing it audibly like that, how it resonated with your heart, and I, I hope we have more of that that we can share with people where they can experience that too, where you just get this revelation that causes you to realize where you're really at with God. That's what we're here to talk about. Where are you at with God today? I'm asking that question probably a whole lot different than I would have asked it maybe 15 years ago or more. We're here to let you know where you're at with God today. It's it's a good place. Okay, it's not it's not a question uh, that's meant to uh, make you wonder where you're at with God today. We're here to let you know, Joel. I think there are people out there, and it's fine if they think this. I'm not here to criticize them. You know, there's some grace people out there who just think that well, God was never really angry with us. And then there are those on the other side of that spectrum today, who are of a more legalistic mindset, who maybe haven't really understood the difference between the Old Covenant and the New, who would tell you that God is still very angry with uh, much of mankind today, and maybe you in particular. 
all because maybe you're just not praying enough or some other reasons. But we're here to let you know that it, it appears to us anyway, Joel and I were talking about this before we came on with the program, I think you can make a case that God certainly did have an anger and a wrath as you look through the Old Covenant and some things that Paul was reflecting back on in that Old Covenant. He certainly had an anger and a wrath towards sin and perhaps to a point with mankind and his um, ignorance toward God when man maybe should have known better. But there is some good news that comes out of all this, Joel. And, and you know, one of the things that we had talked about was back in Isaiah where it says that God scourged Jesus. Okay, I know we think about the Roman guards or whoever it was that was scourging him. Pontius Pilate had him scourged. The, you know, the, the Pharisees had a hand in it. But Isaiah prophesied about this event, and it implies that God scourged him, and it pleased him to do it. One thing I think you can make the case for in the Scripture that God definitely gets angry about, at least used to, was sin. It was this thing that came between us and God. We talked about the temple veil being torn in two last week and how that had been removed and what a glorious thing that was. But now here we are today, many people still wondering, is, is God angry at me? And, and so I'll let you pick up from there. Well, yeah, and I, I think, uh, you know, the reason for, like what you were talking about in, in Isaiah, where it, it says that he was wounded, you know, talking about Jesus. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. It talks about how Jesus was smitten by God and afflicted. Like you say, it, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. That's what Isaiah 53 says. And all of those things were for a reason. And so we start off like, you know, I've got some good news for you and some bad news. What do you want first? Well, give me the bad news. All right, so here was the bad news, but there's good news that comes up with this in the end. And and here, the bad news, I guess, I, I would start off in Romans 1, where it says, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. And I've looked up this word wrath, in very in all kinds of different, I would say at least five different sources, and each instance, it's a passion that God has. It's it's an anger. The word anger and passion are included in all of these definitions. So the the passionate anger of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. And so I know that there are some people who say, well, see right there, it says that his passionate anger was revealed against ungodliness and, un and unrighteousness of men. Not against men, but against the, the ungodliness and unrighteousness, or their sin. But I, I think where, where I would make the case that it was perhaps an anger or a wrath against, actually, you know, actually against people, is that it goes on to say, who suppressed the truth in unrighteousness? Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. And he goes on to talk about how everything that God has created his invisible attributes are clearly seen through what he has made. And so they are without excuse, talking about men, not talking about their sin, but they are without excuse because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts. You know, it says, therefore God gave them up to uncleanness and so on and so forth. So I do kind of think that there was a passionate anger against people, 
because they knew God, but they suppressed the truth of what they knew through what they did. But the point here, whether you agree with us or not on that, whether you agree with God's wrath being taken out on man or God's wrath being taken out on sin, the good news does come along. You know, we're not here to be stuck on, you know, to split hairs about exactly what the problem was. I think everybody can read all of this for themselves and come to their own conclusions. But the good news that we want to get to is that God did take care of the problem. He did it through his son, Jesus Christ. Yeah, well, uh, under the old covenant, of course, an individual would uh, do the animal sacrifice and the, the ceremony, the ritual that came along with that. And the idea was to transfer your sin onto the innocent animal. Uh, this was done over and over again because really the, the blood of the animal could not take away the sin. It would just uh, provide an atonement and cover it up. And that's why they had to keep doing them over and over again. Jesus, the Lamb of God, was going to be the one and final sacrifice that dealt with this issue of sin. And there was an anger that was taken out. Judgment needed to be satisfied. A holy, righteous God. We talked last week about, you know, how sometimes the high priest would die because when he tried to go into the Holy of Holies, something wasn't right that either before he went in or, or, or something he did wrong in the Holy of Holies, he was struck dead because the holy presence of God and the uh, atmosphere of sin, there's a clash there. And that's why God was trying to protect the priest by giving them instructions before they entered into the, the presence of the most holy God. There was this thing that was always in the way, this thing of sin. That's why there was this temple. In the temple, there was this veil, this curtain uh, between God and man. But the good news is Jesus took the punishment, what you were just talking about there, Joel. He took the punishment. Did he deserve it? No, he didn't ever do anything wrong. That's what made him the perfect lamb of God. Uh, the blood here was going to cover all sin, and not only that, but take it away. Dealt with once and for all. Another thing to keep in mind here uh, as we think about this and how Jesus was beaten and bruised so badly, he wasn't just an innocent man taking our punishment. He wasn't just being punished for our crimes. He literally became sin, and that's an important thing to remember. It wasn't just like maybe two brothers living across town here. Uh, one of them commits a murder. The other one gets accused for it, but he doesn't want his brother to die. So out of the goodness of his heart, he takes the punishment for the crime. Maybe he's put to death for the murder. It's not like that. Jesus literally became sin. I think that's an important point to remember. But uh, the good news that, that you were talking about, the point we want to try to make is that because God did have an anger and a wrath toward sin and toward man, that no longer exists anymore because judgment has been satisfied when it comes to sin. Real quickly, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. What's it mean to be reconciled? Exchanged, returned to favor. You are in favor with God as of right now, not because you started living right and getting it all together, but because of what Jesus Christ did. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly the passage I just opened to, just because, yes, there was the problem of sin. There was the problem of God's wrath. And I don't, you know, I don't think that, that God's wrath and his love are polar opposites. I think that in his love, he has this 
passionate anger against sin. And so, but but the good news, again, what we always want to get back to the good news is that he did take care of that, and it was through Christ. And as you say, uh, what God did through Christ <laughs> on the cross was that he reconciled the world to himself, not counting our sins against us. And he, he goes on to say, and I think this is very important for people to know, Paul says, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So indeed, God has done all that is needed, and our response is to believe the good news and to be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So the story didn't start necessarily the best. It was bad news, but then the good news is that God took care of everything. And God is so good, and he did it out of his love, and because he, he cherishes us, even though there was this problem of sin. He still loved us. He yes. never wanted us to be apart from him, so he rectified the problem himself so that we can, we can come to him freely by faith and be part of his life. Yeah, it was a plan in place from the foundation of the world. So more good news to take home with you this week here on Growing in Grace. Well, next week here on Growing in Grace, you know, some people, they pick up their Bible. And, and when you pick up your Bible, you read it and you think, all right, here is a bunch of stuff that I need to do in order to maintain my right standing with God. Something that I have to perform in order to keep this thing with God going. Is that what the Bible teaches us? We'll talk about that next week right here on Growing in Grace at growingingrace.org. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.